This is The Boys Podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Boys Season 3, Episode 6, Herogasm. Anyway, we are just so pleased, you know, have a big star such as yourself, Grace R. Humble Soiree. You guys having a party? Welcome back, fellow dirty boys and girls. <laughs> this is the boys' podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Herogasm, episode six of season three of the boys. Mm-hmm. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And rounding out this trio of uh, truant triplets, I am Chris. Excellent, excellent. Yes, we've got a podcaster gasm this time. Uh, all three of our hosts on for an episode of the boys. <laughs> Absolutely. If, yes. if we can bottle that, I swear we can make millions. You think? <laughs> I'm not sure, Chris. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, there is certainly a lot to unpack here. Mm. Whether it's handcuffs, fluffy dice, truncheons, silver rockets, pocket rockets. Mm-hmm. Cameras in the toilet. Cameras. You name it. Uh, there is a lot to unpack. Yes, there is. Including maybe some fists. <laughs> I see. Yes, there is. This is the episode that most comic book fans had wondered, would they ever get around to being able to do it on the TV? Um, I think this season has been setting up that they can definitely do this type of episode. I think they can do anything after this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was saying to John, there was a great uh, conversation going on on Twitter about um, lots of showrunners talking to each other about the kind of notes they used to get from the network uh, when they're on network TV about the types of things they couldn't say, couldn't refer to certain words in certain circumstances. And now they're all on streaming services where they're basically getting no notes. They can just put whatever they want on the service. It's unbelievably different. Let's just say, um, as one of the lady sort of, uh, sort of screams about the stretching powers of one of the soups, um, mm-hmm. dare I say it? Uh, yes, they certainly stretch the boundaries of, uh, of this episode, mm-hmm. dare I say it. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing the reactions. We're recording this a little bit in advance of release, as we have been for all the boys' episodes. I'm looking forward to hearing the reactions uh, when the episode does come out uh, on uh, on Prime Video this week. What do you think? <laughs> 100%. Two days every week, we've seen people just kind of consistently go, the boys is just amazing. And it's just mm-hmm. continued to increase the the kind of conversation about how good this show is. Mm-hmm. This is a make or break one where some people may get turned off by like, all right, they just, they went too far. Or this is the one where like, yeah, okay, this is exactly what we thought was going Mm -hmm. to happen. Remember, we saw sexual soups in season one in the bar at the very beginning. We saw the shrinking um, enjoyment factor of a soup at the very beginning of this season. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, yep. this Tara is going to be episode one. one. We had Pop Claw back in season season two. one as well. So yeah. or season two. Dare yeah. I say it's so. been building to this explosive moment um, since season one? I guess exactly. What? 
Let us get into our spoiler-filled review mm-hmm. of episode six, Herogasm. Will it put you off for life, or <laughs> will it just make your jaw hang loosely uh-huh. uh, from your mouth in shock and horror? Yes. Or will it have you gagging for more, as they say <laughs> in the industry, I guess? Uh, let us get on with some of the episode details. Mm-hmm. Derek, what are they? <laughs> well, the showrunner for the show, Eric Kripke, is responsible for all of this. He's <laughs> <laughs> to blame. He is. He is. Absolutely. But he, of course, is not the only one responsible. Also responsible are Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, who wrote the uh, original comic book series, and the executive producers, of course, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, this episode was written by Jessica Chow. Uh, this is our first episode of The Boys, previously wrote for the series WU Assassins on Netflix. And the episode was directed by Nelson Craig, who directed episode five as well. Yes. Wu Assassin was pretty good. Um, it was one of those kind of Wushu style procedural based Netflix one. Right. Um, and it was good. It, it had some kind of pretty good fighting. It's good if you want to turn your brain off for kind of um, 10, episodes. Couple, 10 episodes while Excellent. also just seeing some really good kind yeah. of martial arts. Excellent. Well, I'm also wondering if you delve into the archives for Nelson Craig, whether mm-hmm. he was doing some avant-garde stuff back in the <laughs> 70s. He I may have been. He may have been. Um, speaking of which, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode of The Boys, Season 3, Episode 6, Herogasm? Sure. With Crimson Countess checked off his list, Soldier Boy Boos, on to his next targets, the TNT twins, Tommy and Tessa. The only thing standing in his way is Herogasm, the annual depraved soup sex party where any hole is a goal and no soup powers is off limits. Meanwhile, having learnt of the return of Soldier Boy and his involvement in the murder of Crimson Countess, Homelander and Vought try desperately to keep the truth hidden as they move against Soldier Boy. Elsewhere, Nina puts Frenchie through the ringer as he tries to make him choose whether to kill Kimiko or Cherie, but even without her powers, Kimiko saves them all. As Soldier Boy and a souped-up Billy and Huey scope out the party, Homelander has sent the Deep to wait for them and warn TNT, while A-Train has also arrived looking for the racist Blue Hawk after his pleas to Ashley for justice were rebuked. Greeted at the door by Love Sausage, Starlight and Mother's Milk, soon to be covered in man's milk, also arrive to try and stop Soldier Boy's revenge attack on TNT and the inevitable collateral damage that will follow. Soldier Boy takes out TNT, learning that Black Noir and, by extension, Vought were behind the plan to take him out. In the devastating aftermath, A-Train takes his own swift revenge and Homelander arrives. Homelander faces down Soldier Boy, Billy Butcher and Huey and almost loses the fight. Pinned down by Butcher and Huey and with Soldier Boy powering up, Homelander manages to escape just in time to safety, albeit bruised and shaken. As Mother's Milk and Starlight help the injured victims, Starlight speaks to her social media following, telling them the truth about Vought, Homelander, Queen Maeve and Soldier Boy as she quits the Seven. Yes, big moments there from Annie January going back to her original name and no longer going to be yes. Starlight and no longer a member of the Seven. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, like in, in all of this, 
uh, hero gasm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff here, a there lot is. of interconnections. Whether it's sort of Starlight and Huey, yeah. her relationship with Vought, mm-hmm. it's Mother's Milk and Billy Butcher, yeah. and what's going on there. So you know, this is just furthering that kind of uh, breakup of the boys exactly. here. Yeah, really, um, at you know, at a, at a principled level yeah. uh, for for most of them. See, it's not just a superhero orgy. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> There's deep stuff in this as well. There certainly there is. There certainly is, yeah. <laughs> Let's get on to our main moments uh, from the episode. We always talk about our boys moment, our protagonist moment, our seven antagonist moment, and any other outstanding moments for, uh, for the episode. Uh, who wants to kick us off? Chris, do you want to take us off with your point? Sure, I'll jump in straight away because we'll take in um, one of the the more deeper conversations, um, and we're just going to go deep in emotional mm-hmm. deepness. The Huey, the Huey, um, and Annie January breakup, uh, mm-hmm. essentially the 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 final schism, the straw that broke the camel's back, and any other stupid analogy I can give it, because <laughs> it's. Huey is an addict now, but beyond it's not just, say, more a narcotic-based. There probably is some narcotic-based influence there in the in his V24 that he's been taking. Mm-hmm. But we also hear that it's the, quote-unquote, the power, the feeling it gives him mm-hmm. um, as he is now able to save her. He's able to look after her. He's able to be, not just be the one everyone comes to the rescue of. He is able to do things himself. Yes. And this is huge. This is Mm -hmm. what it means to be, or what he believes it means to be, to be a hero. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's his, his addiction to the V24 is just because of how emasculated he feels, you know? It's only when it comes to Starlight and that feeling that, you know, the guy must always save the girl, and this is what's driving him. And yet, as I love the moment where Starlight says, I thought it was the V24, but you always said that it wasn't a problem for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I see it was. So it's you. It's not the V24. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other little interesting thing that we see here with Huey, just given the, the V24 as well, is... When he's with Soldier Boy, um, and you, you just see him taking some kind of goo. Mm. So I don't know what that goo is. It's just kind of oozing from his ears, but whether yeah. that's connected more than likely to V24, given that they have been saying it's an experimental yep. form of V, it's not being thoroughly tested yet. So you just wonder, you know, it is, is, their issues here, like we saw with the cosmetic treatment from Diabolical. Yes, from the, yeah. the animated cartoon, yeah, yeah, that they uh, uh, Vault will put out things to test in market that aren't uh, that may end off killing someone. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, initially, when I saw that scene, I actually thought it was just a bit of Crimson Countess. Um, yeah, <laughs> charred, yeah maybe. charred remains coming out of his ears after the explosion, maybe. <laughs> but he was far enough away that it couldn't be that, right? Exactly. And uh, this is the thing, they They've already started to show that there is some side effects. Mm-hmm. The first side effect being a more positive one, which is he is some powers are lingering or at least enhanced strength <laughs> because oh, he was yeah. able to pop the the jar. 
Yes, and I was laughing this time because we specifically called that out that he was able to open a jar that he couldn't open before, and this time he can't even pick up the shield of Soldier Boy. So it's it's not a huge amount of extra power that he has. I I do, yeah, and I do also like because I haven't been podcasting on the boys Mm. since what the second episode. episode, So I do just love the fact that his teleportation results in him being naked when he gets to his destination, but also anyone who he tries to save, like with Starlight taking (laughs) it out of the danger zone, also becomes butt naked as well. Oh, Um, the comic (laughs) timing of that scene. I have to give, uh, have to give props to the director on how that was put together just because he just jumps at her. And then suddenly she's outside and they're both naked. And I love the reaction of both characters to what's just <laughs> happened here. It's a really, really good comedy moment. It, it, it's also the preparation that he's now got to do because he's got to pack fresh clothes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many times he's going to jump in a day, you know? He's going to pack his entire uh, entire car full of clothes. Yeah. He's just going to have uh, drops, you know, the way the CIA have uh, like kind of gun drops all around the cities mm. he's yep. gonna have clothes drops all around the cities <laughs> it's just like in case he needs it um that's all the the comical side of it mm. the yep. unfortunate deeper side to this is that this is the this is potentially the 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 end of their relationship mm-hmm. um because she, as she said he was always the one that she felt she could be herself with. She didn't feel it was a problem, her being a soup or anything like that. And we now know that that's not true. Yeah. Now we've always known that to a degree based on kind of Jack Wade's face. Kind of, kind of. I I actually take it that he would been, he's fine not being the hero. That's not the kind of person that he would need to be. It's just the fact that he does need as much saving as he does. You know, I think going into it and having that conversation with Starlight where she says, do you mind me being the the powerful one or the strong one? He's kind of going, no, that's not a problem at all. But he has to be saved, you know, once a week, almost at this stage because of his association with the boys and and with the seven. So he's probably kind of going, right, I didn't mean like, you know, that I'd never want to, I'd never want to be the one to save yeah uh, so he does he does kind of say that as well he does say to her um I occasionally find it tough to not yeah, be yeah, able to be yeah. the, the one in, in, in charge or the one that's saving so uh, so now he has the opportunity with the uh, with the v24 yeah I do think this is at least for this season the 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 the, the end of their relationship well we've only two episodes left yeah mm. yeah yeah well and I think you see with starlight as well with the whole piece to her mobile phone mm-hmm and when we see her with Victoria Newman, in the end, it's, I've just had enough yep. of all this yep. trouble that Vought brings, mm-hmm. that the boys are bringing, that she's worried about Huey, uh, with, with everything. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, it's, she's at the end of her tether. Yeah. And the most empowering thing that she can do with the protection of her huge following is, just quit and, yep. and to get rid of all the 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 problems, the stress. Yep. You know, she's effectively de-stressing her life to some extent by oh, exactly. removing herself from all these different um, bits. I mean, even the deal that Victoria Newman is looking to um, sort of do with her and mm-hmm. um, to sort of synergize their own 
powers bases uh, for one another. And, yeah. um, you know, she's just like, I've just had enough of it. Um, yeah. I, I think just on that though, I loved, um, I loved that Victoria Newman just gave her a little nosebleed at the end, that kind of yeah. threatening warning. That was pretty, that, really that was pretty that. dark from Victoria Newman, I think. Yeah. Um, absolutely. For sure. Just to show that she's not yeah. lying. Um, yeah. you know, and I also like the confidence of him walking into the room and going, you know, I know that you know that I'm the head popper. You know, that's that kind of confidence of it. She's going in to tell her exactly what she is. I also love how, um, Starlight describes this because this is the central premise of the show, really, that she's just described to Newman. Effectively, everybody's telling her constantly all the ways she has to be shitty. Uh, no matter how much of a hero she wants to be with her powers. Everybody is always making an excuse and trying to tell her the crappy things she has to do. And she has had enough of it. She's saying, I'm out. Unlike everybody else in the seven, she's not willing to just go along with the crappy things that they're all being asked to do. So, um, so I like that. That's, that is the premise of that side of the show, I suppose. And and her former beau being, uh, face off, I guess, at the top of a skyscraper as well. At the hands of Homelander. Yes, supersonic. Alex. Yeah. So that's the end of my point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I, with a heavy heart, I think we will, they will, they will have a, they'll have some kind of resolution, but it will not be the, that of their yeah. kind of relationship until we get into the next. Um, so what about yourself, John? What's your moment for this episode? Yeah, it's another deep fissure, really, as, and as to whether anything can come back from, um, from that. And that's Mother's Milk and Billy Butcher, really. Yeah. I think, um, you know, interestingly, we see earlier with Mother's Milk preparing to kind of scope out the TNT twins pad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's with Starlight and he's recounts the story. Ultimately, we get that story of Soldier Boy's murder of, um, his, his family and how, you know, he was a fan of Soldier Boy. He saw him in the street. The mm-hmm. next, you know, he grabs his grandfather to, to come and, look as well and in an instant his whole life is turned upside down as a car is sort of tossed through the front of their house yeah by Mm -hmm. by soldier boy killing his grandfather Mm -hmm. and you know i mean even to the point where you know this is this is just eaten at him for all that time even where he was supposedly off Anything to do with the boys and soup, soup hunting. Yeah. Um, he, he still had his little, um, shrine to that vengeance, uh, that was to get after Soldier Boy. Yeah. But we, you know, we see here about Starlight asking him, do I need to worry about you? Because mm. he's loading a gun. Uh, and presumably, I mean, guns, the way yeah. I took that, it was the gun for him because he knew he could never come out of, you know, he would try everything he could. Um, but oh, okay. he would never, you know, if it didn't work out, if he couldn't take down Soldier Boy, he probably would have to use the bullet for himself. Equally, though, um, I, you know, I was sort of torn between that just because of the way Starlight expressed it and mm. that he was going to, to take out Billy Butcher. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. With Billy Butcher, he would have to get him whilst he wasn't on the V twenty four. Yeah, and and I think that whole scene where 
Mother's Milk faces Soldier Boy and how useless the smoke grenade was, mm-hmm. where effectively Soldier Boy just smokes it in. And then that's when I suddenly came back to thinking, well, maybe it was, you know, if he's bruised, battered, and effectively done for, mm. it would be to sort of... um make sure he doesn't give Soldier Boy the satisfaction of killing himself or something. I, as I say, I never thought that because of the conversation with Annie where um, he says, F Billy, F Huey. Um, she says to him, what's the point in bringing the gun? Soldier yeah. Boy is bulletproof. And he goes, it's Billy and Huey, basically. So, well, that's uh, so it. she's trying to defend them, saying that they're different people. Well, she's trying to defend <laughs> Huey. She's not trying to defend Billy at all. Um, she kind of leaves them to it and that's why i'm what that's why i think she was saying don't need to be worried about you remember homelander still threatened um huey before to get at uh, to get yeah. at starlight so i think mm is threatening huey and billy if they step out of line again and he's in the vicinity he's got a gun to take them out i think it's maybe because he didn't explicitly say billy yeah. and huey and yeah. um, but having said that you know he also has a daughter and he very much uh-huh. wants to live for his his daughter. So, yeah, I, I've probably got the wrong end, but there was, you know, as I say, it was more, ooh, which one of those is it? Mm. It could mm. be both, it could be either of those. And I think just during different parts of the episode, yeah. uh, one swung sort of to my favorite explanation compared to another. But I, I think you're probably right. It's for Billy and, and, and Huey, but they would have to be off their, their sort of power mm-hmm. fix from the V24. They would. I think yes. it is, and you're right, it's that absolute principled um, view from Mother's Milk that they've always gone after the soups without having the soup powers. And, you know, yeah. like from season one, we just saw how very effective, very creative they were doing that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with it being Homelander now, that's pushed Billy... And Huey over the edge, they you know, as they say, to level the playing field. Oh, yeah. um, was Mother's Milk still very much principled? And I think that shot, you know, well, the the two moments of this, just how their relationship has sort of canned, really is is him just battering Billy Butcher with the baseball bat mm-hmm. till it snaps. Yeah, um, and Billy Butcher not letting him. Uh, you know, he still has Mother's Milk's back you know he tells soldier boy leave him alone yeah but he's you know billy's got the way he's gonna do it and mother's milk has got the way he wants to do it Mm -hmm. and they're both completely incompatible at the moment and i think you know what really sort of expresses that so well and how it was captured was as Soldier Boy, Billy, and Huey leave the house after the yes. devastation, and you have Mother's Milk helping the injured waiters, the sex workers. Mm-hmm. That again, you know, that he was the concerned about, yeah. Um, yeah. but primarily those, and yeah. both him and Starlight seeing them mm-hmm. walk off and not doing anything about it. Yeah, so, um, you know, focusing on helping those that have been injured. Yeah. Primarily the non-soups, I think, but also the soups where they can. Well, yes. Is everybody now a non-soup, though, is the question. Because remember, well, that's true. when um, when Soldier Boy used his power last time in front of Kamiko, she lost her powers, and we know they're still gone now. So is everybody that was in the house a non-soup now? Well, I'm yeah. guessing so, because I think that's the 
bit of the point of Termite being squished by Homelander in that he was termite-sized mm-hmm. when it went off. That's right. And he's not able to change back now. He's also injured as well. I think like he's got half a leg off or half right. an arm off as well. Mm-hmm. But he's like, help me, because yeah. he's not able to change back. Yes, So he good. is completely miniature yeah. at this stage. Yeah. And Love Sausage is doing a lot of carrying, I noticed as well. Oh, Burnt Sausage, I should call it now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Just one other uh, thing on the MM and uh, and Billy uh, moment, or there's uh, one of the things, a little extra heartbreak for MM. He does stand up to um, Soldier Boy, tells him, you killed my family, and the response from Soldier Boy is, which one? So Soldier Boy doesn't care. He has no inkling of who this guy is it's just another person that was collateral damage yeah um, 30 years ago uh reminded me a little bit of the scene in uh in guardians of the galaxy um when drax stood up to um to thanos wasn't it or ronan yeah. um he stood up to him and said you killed my family and he just goes which one basically so yeah um yep. yeah so a uh, little that little moment where something has been festering specifically for mm this has been festering so much since his grandfather died that he has, has his ocd effectively um from that moment onwards and he's just been told guy doesn't even remember who he is so yep. no idea so yeah um yeah it, uh, good, a good story though and it's good, good to good to finally get the the full story about his about his history yeah no agreed. anything else about mm and billy in the episode john no i think that's all from me okay well i'm going to talk about chemical very good do um, it we let's follow up quickly on the on last week's episode. <laughs> um, we do get confirmation that yes, she thought that uh, Frenchie had walked out on her, uh, not that he was taken because of the kiss. You see her uh, texting him saying that you know yes. have you left me because of this? Did I scare you off? Kind of thing. So uh, unfortunate after such a romantic uh, episode last episode. Yeah, between absolutely. The two of them. Um, but then she gets kidnapped and brought by little Nina to uh, to the warehouse. Um, to effectively, as punishment for Frenchie not going along with the plans, not becoming the attack dog again for little Nina, he's being asked to choose between killing Sherry or killing Kimiko, um, which is really brutal. Um, God, sticking him to a uh, to a pole with a, a D-lock around his neck as well. No yeah. way of him to get out and just having to watch someone shoot one or the other. And I think, you know, if this would be standard Kimiko with her powers... I don't think Frenchie would have had any worries at all. Um, like he knows how, yeah. how um, for the first time, how vulnerable she is as well here. So um, you don't count Kimiko out ever. And I'm glad you, even without being in her system, you also don't count her out. But this felt like a really brutal fight. We've seen flight fights throughout the show so far with, uh, with all of the, all of the main protagonists and antagonists up against each other. I felt this, seemed like the most brutal fight because yeah. of how punishing little Nina's guys are to uh, to Kimiko. They're specifically attacking her injuries to make her feel more pain than they really would even need to. Yeah, it felt it felt really vicious. And yeah. I, I think the other side of it that added to that for me was the setting in that, you know, as you know, separately with Mother's Milk and with Billy Butcher as scoping from a distance. As they go into Herogasm, they are, they talk about Frenchie would have loved to have seen this. Yeah. And 
kind of then you contrast that with what Nina is doing to him, where he's he's not just delocked, he's yeah. naked and delocked, yes. and being given this really brutal choice, which Nina seems to be getting off on. It's that yeah. sadomasochism of of Nina here. And mm-hmm. um, she likes to dish out pain. Yeah. Um, and she gets off on it. So I, I think there was that side of it as yeah. well for me that really kind of heightened just then the horrific, vicious fight were, uh, and maybe it was more so because of the stakes from Kimiko and also that she doesn't have the powers. Mm. And, and so it made it more, I guess, feral or animalistic yes. in a yeah. sense. And yeah, to definitely. the point then that she, um, she says to, to Frenchie that, you know, it was always me mm-hmm. it, that had this aggression and violence in me. Exactly. The, the V just brought that out. And it's the same that we've heard throughout this season so far, yep. like from Starlight. Th- these people are just nasty people. Yeah. They also happen to have superpowers. Exactly. And, um, you know, in whatever way that is. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not the V compound making them evil. They have that inherent within them. And it's being exaggerated by then the omnipotence, I guess, of having V and being indestructible mm-hmm. or super special i guess well, exactly or at least being treated that way as uh as um pampered little babies basically uh who haven't had to do anything for themselves and they have superpowers so yeah yeah absolutely but yeah to, to the brutality like as you say the, the fight feels brutal and animalistic and it does end with kimiko stabbing repeatedly as his blood is covering her head to toe effectively yeah. so she is totally animalistic here there is there is one moment that made me think, does she have her powers back? Because a guy shoots full-on six bullets into the body of one of the other guards that's on top of Kimiko. Then he lifts the body off, and she's still alive underneath. Didn't feel that was realistic. I know there's a lot in the show that isn't realistic, but um, I don't think a body can stop six bullets from going through it. This guy was uh, was aiming pretty close by as well. So, uh, But it did. That's what happened. I thought it was that she still had her superpowers and, and walked away again from uh, from being shot. I but, guess it depends on the caliber of the gun. Hmm. Maybe Also, whether it was real life or not. <laughs> well, exactly. Whether it's a TV show or whether it's real life. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll go with it. Um, for me, the, 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 the worst... The actual worst one is the choice to use a D-lock. Because if it was any other type of lock, you can see Frenchie breaking his wrist, breaking Mm -hmm. his leg to get out of it, like twisting himself. The only way to do that would to be like essentially break his own neck to break out. And you can't do that. Exactly. Like you can break your own wrists and your thumbs to get out of handcuffs and... Mm -hmm. Like all those types of things, and you could see that. So the choice of a D lock, basically, or essentially forcing him to sit there and watch, yeah, was yeah. the piece that I was like, oh yeah, that's proper torture. Like, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and but even Nina going through his injuries as well, which yeah. is just an extra, again, another layer of torture on on Frenchy going through where he got all the injuries, everything from um, from punishment for particular. Uh, jobs that she'd gone on to his father punishing when he was a kid, making him kneel on glass and then going out and getting drunk to a whorehouse and leaving him there for the night, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, Frenchie's had an awful life. Um, yeah. And I'm, 
once again, really happy that himself and Kimiko are together because they together make up a nice whole person, I suppose, yeah. after all the crap yes. stuff they've gone through in their life. So, um, so yes, uh, very interesting seeing, uh, seeing Kimiko here, still able to fight and still able to draw out the monster, as she says herself, even yeah. without V. Good. Yeah, definitely. Let us move on to our seven or antagonist moments. Mm-hmm. Christoph. I'll jump in again, yeah? Yeah. Um, this is an easy one for me. It's Soldier Boy versus the TNT Twins. Mm-hmm. Or the very lack there of it. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. He, he just, again, Soldier Boy is just decimating with his chest. He basically goes full on laser blast on them and mm. like just decimates them. Um, and this is the interesting part for me, just because he is again this walking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, where he has, I'm wondering, is it even some form of conditioning? Mm. The Russians have kind of said, yeah. anytime you hear this type of music or this type of thing, you will explode and it was yes. like the whole aim was back in the day he was to get close to the president stand beside the president and they'd play some music and he'd explode yeah that yeah. type of thing Everybody um, yeah. but he yeah like he basically well we know what he does to the actual hero chasm but just seeing him track down the tnt twins and then just basically burn them alive mm. is huge yeah yeah and they give up the information that it's black noir that's behind it all right Yes. Um, yeah. That's that's the information they give. But anyway. also, he makes the the further uh, assumption, you know, that Black Noir wouldn't do anything like that unless it had the backing, the permission of Vought. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other side of this as well. Yes, it uh, is. It's not just payback. Mm-hmm. Now it's also Vought International. Absolutely. It's, the, it's you know the mother corporation. And we were wondering how Stan Edgar might get back into the series after being uh, prematurely retired by Homelander, you know. Um, he might be prematurely retired by Soldier Boy. He, he might yeah, be permanently exactly. retired permanently. by Soldier Boy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I so. think as well, what I loved here with Soldier Boy and the TNT twins, I think it was it was more just the setup of the TNT twins, that they were just bickering at one another, each other, yeah. that, you know, the names are just kind of fairly normal in Tommy and Tessa. So they, they almost sound like a, a children's twins that should be on children's TV. But they were, they're a rip on the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Okay. Back, yeah, exactly. back in the that day, sense, which were so. a DC hero or group of heroes put together by the TV show, the cartoon to sell kids toys and bring more kids to Superman and the Super Friends, or mm, DC yeah. and the Super Friends. I think it was Super Friends, yeah. That, the Super that, Friends, yeah. yeah they, they, makes, they were that. Yeah, that um, makes and, a lot of sense. Yeah. Then. Mm-hmm. The pig bickering itself is hilarious. I love that he's got it going. I've never wanted, I never liked touching your clammy hand. <laughs> that's, yeah. how they, that's how their powers activate. They seem to be the only soups that we've seen that have to have somebody else by their side. Uh, so they, their powers don't work unless uh, they grab each other's hands. But well, as they were trying to combat um, Soldier Boy, their powers seem to fizzle out. So whether, because he was kind of sort of gearing up, wasn't he, Soldier Boy, with mm-hmm. his sort of explosive power beam from his chest, so that even though he hadn't fired it, whether it had stopped their powers from working. 
be because of that. Oh, maybe interesting. It's just because it, it it kind of fizzled out, and he hadn't yet done the whole kind of power beam from yeah. his chest. So that just that getting bigger and bigger and sort of the the power building that maybe that mm-hmm. as well he doesn't necessarily need to fire it but yeah. then i just um, i just took it that they're useless and they haven't done this for such a long time like they say it's been years yeah. since they touched each other's hands because they hate each other but, and i was even but, wondering yeah. then with homelander escaping after being pinned mm. by butcher and, and huey was because again he's powering up and they're effectively right next to this nuclear reactor that's about to go off. So yeah. maybe their powers suddenly went and that's why Homelander was able to sort of get free uh, and escape, Interesting. you know, through the roof. So I don't know, might, might be, okay. maybe not, I don't know. But um I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I like the fact that Soldier Boy effectively doesn't remember what's happened and we mm-hmm. we hear him talking to uh Huey about the same thing when he took down the buildings in Midtown that yeah. he, he blacked out had no recollection really of, minutes, of, of what was going on yeah. um, and you know at least in that moment whilst he is snorting uh, prescription medication and drinking whiskey mm. uh, and eating eating fast food he says i wouldn't harm them if you know yeah. I wasn't meant to. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He still feels he's the hero, right? So, Which is that contrast to Starlight saying he doesn't care in yeah. the same way that Homelander doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I have to say I love Huey's reaction to hearing that he's blacked out and the explosion wasn't uh, wasn't something he intended to happen. And Huey's kind of going, that won't happen again, will it? Right? Yeah. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, is as well, because you have the music, I was thinking the same thing about, you know, the triggering of the music. Mm-hmm. Is it just the music? Is it the stress? You know, does it need to start something? Or Because literally then, yeah, you're right, it is a walking Russian weapon. Ah, yes, uh, like here. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, who has exactly. to have a certain set of phrases said to him and he, uh, and he would turn. Uh, whereas this guy seems to just get the memory, I guess, of the, um, of the experiments that were done on him. Um, because it seems like the doctor had the radio on all the time. So whenever he hears a, a tune uh, from a Russian tune, I guess he uh, he goes off. I get it. I, every time I hear cha-cha slide in Marcarena, I am the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anything else on uh, on Soldier Boys versus the TNT twins, Chris? Nothing. That's re- that's really yeah. it for me. Yeah. I, I, like, there are, uh, there's a lot more to discuss in this episode, so we yeah. can kind of fast follow on to the next point. I was just wondering if he was going to kill them or not. Um, was that his, I know he went there to kill them, but he did offer to save them if they gave up the information. And the fact that they're kind of useless now, um, <laughs> that, that they don't have powers, was he actually going to walk away there uh, before the um, the love sausage music made him explode uh, at Herogasm? I, I think he offers it, but I think... Mm. I, I didn't take it as a as a yeah. Can't, I didn't can't as, a, as a yeah. It was more just like I'll think about it, but I probably won't. But yeah. like, sure, I'll think about it. Kind of sucks if you're going for revenge and then can't remember that you've gotten your revenge. Basically, <laughs> yeah, you know that yeah. this basically going to start up his own um, memento style mm. thing where he starts tattooing different. I've killed them. <laughs> I've killed them. I've killed yeah. them. <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. 
Anyway, John, do you want to take us on with your next point? Yeah, it, it's the Homelander triple threat match. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was really, really good. I mean, I just, I loved, you know, when Homelander sees Billy Butcher there and he's like, it is all about me. You know, yeah. and it's, it's almost to that moment where he, is, you know, has just found out that it's Soldier Boy, the, the, the soup that he looked up to. Mm-hmm. He has that moment in, in the mirror where, you know, he, he has doubts about whether, I guess, he could even do it because Soldier Boy was his hero mm-hmm. as a young kid, or uh, because of what Soldier Boy represents in the same sense of similar aspects to Homelander. Well, you know, yeah. He was the original Homelander in a sense, uh, but and also the right outside the building exactly. Of Vault, like, yeah. uh, but also just the 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 power. You know, what are the playing cards here? What what mm-hmm. what do you have on, on the different powers here yeah. that they match up? And so you know, you see him having that. That self doubt. Yes. And little moon knife. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, the speaking to his reflection, just mm. this idea that, you know, part of him still craves having a mom, a dad, that affection and love. Mm. Uh, as the reflection says, you know, that's still the part of you that wants to be human. That's your weakness. Yeah. You know why, and it needs to be cut out. And so he arrives, sees Billy Butcher, and it's almost like it affects firms to him you know it is about him that's mm-hmm. the affection he is the central point he is the reason for for this mm-hmm. and even though his life is in danger he knows it's about him and that's what he craves is that being center of attention yeah. to some degree so i really kind of enjoyed that um sort of arrival and him clocking billy butcher yeah. and then the fight um, yeah, you see that they are pretty handily matched here. Absolutely. But it seems as though Homelander is getting a little bit on top of Soldier Boy yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there's that moment where he says, you have me worried for a moment, but, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've got the measure of you now is basically what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, until then, you have... Um, Naked teleporting Huey come in, and obviously Billy Butcher mm-hmm. uh, coming in as well. Billy Butcher showing off that he has yes. powers to Homelander as Indeed. well. Uh, like, there's so many great superhero. Let's let's call them tropes. There's been so many superhero movies yeah. over the years, but there's so many little little moments in here that would work really well in other superhero movies. I love the standoff between Soldier Boy and Homelander at the beginning, where Soldier Boy is kind of going, "You're just a cheap knockoff of me," and Homelander's response is. No, I'm the upgrade. I love that. That would sit in any yeah. <laughs> any science like fiction Terminator movie or, too, or super, you know? superhero movie. Definitely uh, loved the the other one, which feels directly out of Superman. Um, the uh, Billy Butcher with his laser eyes versus Homelander's laser eyes, both meeting right in the middle. You know, like Harry Potter, I exactly. guess. You know? <laughs> Expelliarmus <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I even yeah. like the. You know, the comeback from Soldier Boy is a, but you're wearing a cape, uh-huh. you know. And again. uses it to good effect. That's how he grabs, uh, yeah. grabs Homelander as well, grabs the him by the cape. The fatal weakness yeah. of superheroes is the cape. It is. As it they is. get caught in the jet engine. As, um, well, yes. it was from the Invincibles, we always find out. Yeah. Yes. Always and- 
Absolutely, and Watchmen uh, as well. Um, yep. Had, had one caped superhero who died uh, when he got his caught in the door and got killed. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, yeah, capes are bad unless you're as powerful as Homelander is, I suppose. Um, but you're right, John, this fight, the ramping up of it was great. I love that it was one-on-one with Soldier Boy, and then Billy Butcher came in against Homelander. The two of them team up together, and then when you think Billy's about to get his head lasered off, in comes Huey and uh, dances around the room and, uh, and gives a few punches, I think. He throws a few punches, but uh, but mostly it's him distracting um, Homelander until Soldier Boy can <laughs> well, get a grab on it's the look of Homelander when Naked Huey teleports in. Uh-huh. You see him look up and down and, like, just the, <laughs> the, the look has that just happened Anthony Starr gives uh-huh. is priceless. And, yep. you know, it's almost when we see... Homelander naked and Ashley uh, sort mm. of walking in on him with all the the updates to the numbers yeah. uh, and that scene which was just priceless and mm-hmm. um, it's not to the same effect but you just get that brief kind of what have I got here why is there a naked Huey in, my, in the room <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> and also a great smackdown from uh, from Soldier Boy I love uh, where he does a proper wrestling move uh, picking uh, Homelander up in the air and then smashing him into the ground really cool uh, yeah I um I think there's a good chance if the three of them have the opportunity to do that again in the future um that they could take out Homelander. But will uh, they the, get the oh, opportunity? That yeah. is well, the exactly, question. Exactly. The yeah. only challenge here really was that Soldier Boy, having exploded from the inside um, 10 minutes beforehand, couldn't seem to recharge quickly enough to take out Homelander here. Yeah. Interesting, though, hearing um, that Billy and Huey were both willing to stay in the explosive blast. They've both been close enough to see a blast from uh, from Soldier Boy can take out, you know, a mile radius basically, or can take out an entire house uh, before. So they were willing to sacrifice themselves to take out Homelander right then and there. Uh, even though Billy's pushing Huey to leave, Huey's not willing to leave. So no. if the explosion had gone off, it could have taken out both of them yeah. as well as Homelander. Absolutely. And I mean, they have lost the element of surprise now mm-hmm. as well for Homelander. Him arriving. He just thought he was encountering Soldier Boy, mm-hmm. that it was to do with random explosions, at least midtown, until uh, the Deep and his wife sort of give the intel that he's going after, you know, payback. So, yeah, um, yeah they've lost the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. Homelander, no doubt, will be very ready. He'll be very well prepared next time. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, the only thing this was missing was Don't Stop Me Now, um, <laughs> uh, with some uh, pull cues and just spinning cameras. Excellent. Shaun of the Dead reference there, Chris. Yeah. Yes. No, because literally that's all I, for 30 seconds, maybe not even that, what's uh, Huey's favourite? Uh, Billy Joel. Mm. Just one of a Billy Joel song, just kind of to the to the beat, that type of them kind of smacking down Homelander for a second. Yeah, just it would have been like, oh my god, they're gonna. Oh no, no, they didn't do it. Yeah, okay. I don't think they have the upper hand long enough for even, yeah. even a part of a song to play <laughs> during yeah, that like, scene. Don't, uh, it's a great back and forth, and and they really do show the power of Homelander. He is he is a powerful guy. Um, but I really did like the scene. Really like the fight. Yeah, yeah. great. Derek, what about yourself? Uh, I'm going to talk about A-Train because um, I think he has some great moments in this episode. Um, it's kind of the combination of his story from all the way back to season one. We even have a moment where he asks him to apologize for killing Robin and he does so. And I believe it um, for yeah. the first time. He's actually saying sorry because he has had this experience. Ashley points out to him how many hours she has spent cleaning up his messes in the past. And now, oh, it affects you. So therefore... 
now you want something done about it, but you never cared before, you know? Um, and that seems to work quite well on A-Train. He seems to now uh, realize what he's done in the past. So um, I like that. I like that he gave a genuine apology. also like this, uh, that um, Huey gave him a proper punch across the face as well while he was super prepared. Uh, now yeah. A-Train knows as well. A-Train also knows uh, that, uh, that that they've got super bearers, basically. So I uh, thought that was quite interesting. And he's really there to take out uh, Bluehawk, who yeah. was getting absolutely nothing done to him by Vault, even after everything he did. Like, this is um, where when he calls out to Ashley, you know, um, I thought we'd gotten rid of the Nazis. Um, and Ashley's response is, uh, Vought stands against racism and, and, uh, and Nazism and all, and all its forms. Going, yeah, but he is literally killing black people by choice and has literally put A-Train's brother in hospital because he felt threatened in a room of non-powered black people is basically what A-Train's saying to Ashley. But, yes, he does get his full-on revenge there after the explosion uh, at Herogasm, taking uh, Blue Hawk out, dragging him by a foot and <laughs> yeah. using his superpowers. Uh, and we've heard in the past that if he uses his superpowers once, he may die, which so we we haven't seen him use the superpowers throughout this season. This is the first time I think we've seen them, yeah, uh, since last season, since that well, diagnosis. We did see it in the commercial, but that was a fake commercial. We don't exactly, actually think yes. he actually ran. He just did the Kylie Jenner. Hi, have a Pepsi. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, so what a way to use your final powers, I guess. So, yeah. is it a redemption arc for him? Um, I guess the fact that he has apologized for the death of Robin, at least he's seen the light. But once again, I mentioned it before, the boys doesn't like to have redemption arcs, likes to still punish their antagonists if they've done something bad. So his punishment here is that he has a heart attack and it goes to silence um, at the end of that scene. He's He has had the heart attack that was predicted by the doctors it goes to silence of that scene. So that might be the final act, I guess, of uh, of the super parrot Yeah, I don't think so. I think they'll do something cool with it. I just don't think they'll kill him off. Yeah, I guess we'll see uh, on next week's episode. But I'm really glad that he got the punishment of uh, of Blue Hawk. Like again, the people that do the uh, that do the bodies uh, in this show, the people yeah. that do the effects, oh my the, God, the yeah. physical effects. That body looked absolutely you gross. Can, yeah, you can imagine um, all the drivers going, "Oh, a new form of road marking has uh, <laughs> been mm. painted onto the the tarmac." So um, I know what the white line in the middle means. Yeah, exactly. What does the red streak in the center? I don't remember uh, this from my um, uh-huh. <laughs> my highway code book. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I loved this whole arc with a train mm-hmm. um in this episode and i think in particular the bit with ashley as mm-hmm. well where it really hits home to him where she, yeah. i mean again i liked how ashley in order to summon the strength rips pretty much half her hair out yep. uh, like we saw at the, uh, in episode one when she was having sex with the the director mm-hmm. of yep. uh the movie um and just you know She's kind of elated that she stood up to to A Train, but effectively gives him the home truths. Yeah, um, and they they're not going to do justice because how many crisis meetings have I had to be in with exactly. you know Popclaw, um, the murder of Robin and, mm-hmm. and so on. So you know she, not that it's right, um, but 
she tells it to him how it is. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good. I definitely just took it as the babysitter is no longer is no longer willing to babysit the naughty child yeah, anymore exactly. without saying anything, and especially someone like Atrian who doesn't even have powers anymore, and she still has to treat him like a superhero. Uh, yeah. She has to treat him like one of their prized possessions in the Seven, just because that's the way they've been doing things. So I love that she stands up to him. There, it was really good. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything for A-Train. Uh-huh. Okay, let's move on to our other outstanding moments. Chris, do you fancy a nibble at this one? I do. Um, it's Love Sausage makes his return. Mm-hmm. Oh, come- <laughs> this was the one I was like, as soon as I saw it sneak and open the door, I was like, amazing. They just, yeah. for what Herogasm <laughs> is... And when you introduce a character like Love Sausage mm-hmm. and you bring M.M. to the story, into Absolutely. the area, I'm like, yeah, no, this is perfect. And he's just so standoffish. Get that thing away from me. Because am I right in saying that that's how he was introduced last time was M.M. was the one that met the Love Sausage before yes. meeting Yes, yeah. because it snaked right? around his neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is M.M. once again. He knows exactly. M.M. in this episode, he has a really serious storyline, but he does get some of the uh, the best herogasm moments. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and quite literally a, a, a herogasm oh, yes, that is. covers him in man's milk. Yes. Uh, yes. And that was, was just hilarious. So it's just one of these just seeing love sausages like that. Yeah. And then, interestingly, you you mentioned it. He He's running off quite charred. As if mm-hmm. he's been barbecued and <laughs> no shrinkage. So oh, yes. is love sausage like a, 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 a You'll have to basically watch a sausage treads. that's been left on the barbecue for 24 hours? Mm-hmm. You'll have to watch where he treads from now on because he can no longer treat it like a cobra and snake mm-hmm. charmer. Does yes. your sausage hang low? Does it wobble to the throat? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? He kind of might be one of those, uh, one of the characters from Star Wars with the, yeah, <laughs> the Fortuna. Yeah, it's Bib Fortuna from Star Wars. You'll have to wrap it around his head or something. Well, there you go. That was my very quick outstanding. I just loved that they brought it back and they brought him back to annoy. Well, they brought him back for Herogasm and then mm-hmm. they brought him back to annoy MM. Absolutely, and MM gives him his name as well. He says, "Get your love sausage away from me," and that's what the character's named in the comic book. And he says, "Oh, that's quite a good name for me." So I wonder what he was named. Probably like Stephen or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mark. (laughs) I I think it's just mother's milk. It's just how Laz Alonso reacts to it all as Mm -hmm. well. Like you know, he's about to get the gun out. Starlight's having to kind of calm him down. Uh She's having to calm him down after termites just a sort of resized um, out out from a woman yeah. and sort of goes across his best leather jacket. Just oh. to calm him down then, and then when he goes to clean that off, he mm-hmm. gets covered in you know the 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 the. the, the, the I was going to say Saturday evening television foam sort of. Stuff. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like that's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and his is like just in shock. But uh, so at this point is Starlight. So it's yeah. like MM is just. It's like it comes in threes. Dare I Absolutely. say? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, it did look like the goo. Remember when they used to goo people and slime people on British TV? And of like, course. And it looked like that, just not green. 
Mm-hmm. Just a white version <laughs> exactly. of it. Without the, yeah. without the green food dye, they've just slimed M&M. Oh, that's hilarious. And you're right. It, it is exactly like the pie in the face kind of yeah. kind of moment or the water bucket over the head. It's the reaction of someone like M.M. have this happen to them. If this had been Huey, he doesn't react like that anymore because this happens to Huey all the time. But it's yeah. M.M., a person who needs to be endlessly <laughs> clean at all times uh, having these three things happen in a row uh, yeah it's, it's hilarious and, and again he knows what orgasm is he walks into the room saying you know this is something the French you would love to be to be at and he gets the full experience let's say yeah <laughs> um, absolutely Excellent. yeah I absolutely love this this was I, how about yourself, John? I think we're still going to stay in here, guys, and for all these points. Oh, I think so. And <laughs> um, I dare I say it, the butt cheeks that have launched a thousand ships that have caused millions of women and men across the land to scream in pure joy. Uh, it is, you know, dare I say it, uh, the deep goes deeper <sighs> with, um, just to reference a John Wyndham book, the Kraken literally wakes yes, here. Yes, it does. Um, and it, it wakes to great effect for the deep. I loved this. I just, because we'd seen it earlier when he was, um, making love to his wife mm-hmm. and getting distracted with the octopus. Like Timothy. It, yes. Timothy in, in the tank. He's mm-hmm. had to eat that. He's now found his replacement I for Timothy. And so. yeah. um, he's good at, uh, fellatio and, uh, just, getting caught by Starlight, who immediately takes a picture for bribery purposes, Uh you know, uh, quick thinking from Starlight. I love that he's kind of been sent as well, just on a mission by Homelander to sort of give him a call Mm -hmm. when, um, when Soldier Boy arrives to take out TNT. And instead he just, he gets invited, sees that it's, um, hero gasm and it, it almost feels like he completely forgets his, uh, his mission here. Yes. Because he's just focused on, um, on, on his pleasure. So oh, I really like that. And then him surviving and running out with the octopus in a plastic bag <laughs> as well. Um, I have to say, uh, Chase Crawford really just sells this so well. Yeah. I also did notice possibly a little bit of tension between him and his wife as mm-hmm. well when he is sent on that mission by Homelander. It, it's kind of, you know, he, he feels he's a bit like, say, with Huey to some extent. His mm. ego is in the way. He feels a little bit emasculated by it. But, um, yeah, to, <laughs> to see him, uh, with, uh, the octopus um, yes. sort of giving him some head, I guess, then, uh, yeah, classic. Yeah, hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Once again, I love Chase Crawford in this show. He, he does provide so many great moments of humor. Um, the deep goes deeper into depravity as every episode whizzes by. So do the writers, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that have to come up with this. Ah, <laughs> oh, and, you know, and I, I was saying it when I watched the episode, um, I was saying it to John that before you'd seen it, I was kind of saying they, it feels like all the writers in the writer's room came up with their most depraved ideas. And then the producers and directors of the show just said, okay, we'll just film them and yeah. let's see what we keep basically. Cause there is so much going on. Not going to describe any more scenes uh, as such, but there's so much going on uh, in, in that house. Uh, yeah. There's every place the camera goes to, there's something going on in the background. There's either 
uh, either something you can see or something you can hear from uh, some of the comments of uh, of, uh, of some of the sex workers that are there as well. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to eat a Calypso ice pop ever again as well <laughs> after seeing, I Ice guess, Man, the ice man uh, and his... Uh, his expert use of his powers. Oh, I forgot to yeah. take down his name. His name is actually in the credits, and you can uh, something like uh, it's something like the Frost Giant or something. Um, but it's it's, <laughs> it's it's in the credits. It, it is there. But yes, uh, scary uh, scary old seeds. Exactly. <laughs> is there anything left to wrap up from Herogasm, or have we covered all the main uh, sort of points? Shall we say? I'll do one. And one is, which is, I I was interested that they very quickly just brushed over the the harm and death of sex workers at Herogasm. Mm. So, in the comic books, this is a bigger point. Yes. Bit yeah. Butcher and them go deep into that essentially Herogasm is an annual thing. There's an Herogasm's on an island. It's away from everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And the, basically, some sex workers are torn apart, right. torn in half, destroyed. But they get paid for it, so it's fine. But then, essentially, some of them die in labor nine months later or yeah. two weeks later because of a superhero baby. Um, so all these things start to add up. And mm-hmm. it's essentially this, it grows into this huge part where it's like, we are going to get revenge for these these workers. Right. And it was a very quick one-liner in this. Mm-hmm. Now, it's more that at the end of this, based on the explosion, that um, Starlight and MM yeah. kind of help everyone out and all the, like, the people there and the yeah. innocents, as they call them. And yeah. I get that. That was the one piece of the storyline I was like, oh, that's going to be cool because you can see... Billy going down that, but they're still human, and this is why I hate soups. Mm. Just killing people like yeah. inside and out for their own pleasure. Yeah. I expected that as a piece of the storyline for Herogasm, and I think it yeah. was just not. It was it was mentioned, but just kind of based on the rest of everything else. And I think the big difference we've talked about it before in the comics is that they are on the trail to take out different soups yes. pretty often. Um, whereas the show seems to have pit them against the seven, and that's yeah. kind of it. They don't really go after individual soups. We saw a little bit uh, at the start of the season with Termite, uh, who got his comeuppance in this episode, as we've said, but um, it feels like that the Herogasm arc was to set them on the trail of other soups that they hadn't gone after before, so this is to give them a reason to go after it, whereas this show has so many reasons why they want to kill the soups they're trying to kill, effectively. So uh, they've got enough uh, motivation, I suppose. But uh, there was just the line from M.M. saying um, he feels sorry for the sex workers who are battered and bruised uh, by this event every year. Yeah, and I think it's that other, you know, it's just that other point of departure uh, that M.M. said it, but Billy Butcher doesn't reference this at all. And like you say... NM and Starlight are looking after the the injured, which is primarily um, mm-hmm. it is soups as well. But you see them really sort of helping the waiter or yes. the 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 sex workers, and so it's just that point of departure between MM and and Billy. Yes, that's still a motivating factor, but it's kind of he needs to touch base with it again because he is just focused on destroying homeland yeah. that's become his obsession yeah. uh, to yeah. the point with the v24 so mm-hmm. it, it's it it's him drifting from what their central 
reasons for yeah. doing this, which is what MM is still sort of hanging on to. Mm. Um, That's a very valid point. Like he, like two episodes ago, was like all soups must die. Yeah. Uh, to Maeve, and now he's going. Well, actually, I, I don't care if all the soups die. I just want to go Homelander first, and then I can yeah. go back on my mission, kind of thing. He's just well, so singular yeah. on target. Absolutely, and as I said here, he was willing to die. Uh, yeah. In the in the killing of yeah. um, of Homelander, that himself and and Huey were going to die in that moment if uh, if that shot had gotten off effectively. So uh, so their mission would have ended with killing one superhero. Yeah, yeah. or no, one superhero. Agreed. Excuse me. No heroes here. No heroes here. Um, not going to talk about Herogasm for my uh, other outstanding moment uh, from the episode because we've talked about it loads, uh, and I know there's loads more to talk about. But the one I do want to talk about is the opening of the episode uh, with another great Chase Crawford moment doing uh, his version of Imagine, um, which is, if you don't remember, because it was all the way back at the start of COVID, uh, if you don't remember, this is a play on the Gal Gadot really really poorly uh observed idea where she got a load of her celebrity friends together to sing imagine and put it out on instagram um it was hilariously terrible yeah uh, particularly the people that he chose to be in it who are all great comedians um he has pat oswald in there josh gad's in there mila kunis and ashton kutcher are in there elizabeth banks is in there and making another appearance in another tv show camille nanjani is in there, who's just recently been in Star Wars, uh, who's also in the Marvel Universe. So uh, He's been referenced in Miss Marvel. He's been referenced in Miss Marvel, exactly. Yep. Aisha Tyler's in there, Rose Bird's in there, and Black Noir closing it off with a card of the final words uh, that, uh, of, of Imagine as well. Absolutely hilarious. Really, really good. The reason why it's such good comedy is Gal Gadot, when she originally recorded this, thought it would be a really uplifting thing for the people of the world to see famous people singing <laughs> badly. <laughs> And there was a quote uh, from from it at the time uh, from one of the newspapers that covered it that said, "This was so bad it can bring us all together in hatred." <laughs> so, so she accomplished her goal of getting the world united behind how terrible it was. So well done uh, to the makers of the boys for having a good old go at uh, one of the most terrible moments of the early times in COVID. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. I just have one more final point. Uh-huh. It is bringing it back to Herogasm. Okay. The, the instigator and founder of Herogasm was, in fact, Soldier Boy uh, 70 years ago Absolutely. with Liberty back in 1952, who became Stormfront. That's correct. Yes, yes. He called it out. And you just got a little quizzical look from Huey. Yeah. Uh, no actual mention of Stormfront, interestingly. But, uh, but yes, another uh, another connection there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. All roads lead to Vaughn. Absolutely. Indeed. All roads lead to Stormfront. But, fellow boys and girls, I think that wraps up our points for episode six, Herogasm. Let us finish with what we thought of the episode. Chris, what did you think of episode six, Herogasm? I loved it. <laughs> it was just so wild, wacky, offbeat, Story moved forward, relationships died, um, people were burned to a crisp, sausages were burnt and cremated beyond uh, usage. Um, every aspect of this was fun. Like it, it is really continuing to ramp up, but not at a not at a pace that is too much. If that makes sense, they're not just they're they're not running 
too fast where we're missing good story beats, we're missing character growth or anything like that. Everything is being delivered in a way that makes sense for the season, the the Mm -hmm. characters, and really set you up with, we've got two hours left. Mm-hmm. I text you guys the second this was over and went, oh my God, episode six is amazing, but what are they going to do? <laughs> and that was kind of it. I'm like, yeah. you guys have so, not even so much to do, but what are you going to do in the next two episodes? Because mm-hmm. you have so much to do, but I know you can do it. Mm-hmm. I know you can stick this landing, but you're going to do, and I've talked about this before, it's the Empire Strikes Back. Are People, people are going to get these really unhappy endings almost where you, like, your, your season ends and you're happy that it's over and like some people have won, but your characters are, your two favorite couples are no longer together. Like, is that where we're going to end? So will the boys be no more? Will, uh, Homelander be no longer kind of doing his thing over the city but doing it over the world this time in space mm. <laughs> who knows but i really enjoyed this episode for what it is its departure from the comics was great because it is does separate itself already and we knew that but yep. it was just yeah uh, for hero grasm i give you a large bow but then we'll quickly run and shut the door because i really don't want to get covered like mother's milk <laughs> Huzzah! Excellent, excellent. Derek, what about you? What did you think of Herogasm? Excellent episode. Um, I'm, I Particularly going through the podcast here, there's so much other stuff that happened with the backdrop of Herogasm yeah. going on in the background. I definitely think they pushed the boundaries of what is has been on TV before. Yeah. Uh, once again, there's so much stuff that's that's uh, that they've had in here, which will shock people. But I do think there's so much other stuff in the story going on as well. It's a really good balancing act they've got here uh, for this episode, top episode of the season, I think. Yeah, definitely. How about yourself, John? What did you think? Yeah, I absolutely loved this episode. Give it five battered sausages out of five. <laughs> um, for for non-Irish uh, listeners, you can pick those up as well in your local takeout you can, over yes. here uh, as well. Get a nice battered sausage mm-hmm. with chips, a bit of salt and vinegar, sting. And uh, so, yeah, all very good. Um, yeah, I love this. I, uh-huh. It's it's what the boys does so well. It's absolutely on the nose, right in your face. Um, mm-hmm. sort of no compromise. You get what you get. Some people aren't going to like it. Others are going to feel uncomfortable with it. Others are going to whoop for joy. But at the end of the day, like you've both said as well, there are the story beats. There are the little moments that potentially are going to pay off in uh, future episodes that we mm-hmm. saw. It, it's all these little things that... Um, just kind of build that lovely tapestry, you know, the really big fissures that, um, you know, are separating Starlight and Huey, Eminem and, and Frenchie from Billy Butcher. Mm-hmm. All this going on. Um, and then, you know, these, all these character beats here, even with Homelander, you know, having, the sort of that that moment in the mirror with his yeah. other self effectively well even his genuine terror when he hears that yeah. soldier boy is back like he he seems genuinely scared we haven't seen him like that before exactly um, so yeah. it, it it was just phenomenal and then just the pure unadulterated 
imagination gone bonkers from the writers and the <laughs> director in terms of hero gasm and yep. what that means. So, Absolutely. yeah, for me, five battered sausages out of five. Right. And we can add that they're foot long at least, I guess, <laughs> to that. Absolutely. I just noticed that we didn't mention one thing about the episode, which was uh, quite a funny moment as well. Um Homelander talking to Black Noir, saying, I'm so glad you're on my side. And then almost immediately afterwards, Black Noir running for the lift, taking out his tracker device yes. and leaving and disappearing. That is true. <laughs> that and was a really funny. There um, is another one as well. I don't know whether it's too soon. I, I'm not, I can't, I'm not in that field of, um, sort of judgment, but where Soldier Boy is talking about America's dad, Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Um, man, did he make some strong drinks? Uh, he uh, states yes. at his yes. parties. So yes, whether that's a little too on the nose, a little <laughs> bit too soon, given the demise of Bill Cosby and his mm-hmm. career and I guess the legal proceedings around yes. all of those things that happened with America's dad. A good gag, though. I like. I like when you see. I like when you see somebody from the past in the present day thinking that their time was even better. You know, so good. Always, always good fun. Well, it's even with Soldier Boys saying, "But we fought with the uh, Taliban." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the Mujahideen. Exactly. There are guys. Why did we go to fight in Afghanistan for so so many years? Yeah, really good, really good stuff. Uh, let's go on over to the pub quiz. Uh, get our boys' pub quiz question for this week. Question six in this episode. John, what is the pub quiz question for this week? Yes, uh, grab your sex on the beach cocktail. I think for this uh, question of <laughs> uh, the boys' pub quiz. It is a question. It's also a joke. You'll see the joke on the lollipop stick that Kamiko is um, sucking away on uh, in in the hospital. Uh-huh. But the question is, why did the photo go to jail? Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. And the answer is in the episode. We're not asking you to finish a joke. The answer is in the episode is shown in the episode. So uh, you'll get the answer if you pop back and watch uh, episode six of uh, of the boys. If you really want to rewatch it, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, John, do you want to get the question one more time? Yes. Why did the photo go to jail? Excellent. Send in that along with the answers to all eight questions that will be out from the boys. You can email them to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, at the end of the series, we will uh, give some boys goodies to the winner of the uh, of the pub quiz. Uh, this episode of TV Podcast Industries is once again brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, uh, including Jimmy Uren. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for your support. Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. Yes, thank you, Jimmy. And if you want to be like Jimmy, you can support us monthly for any amount over on patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries. Or if you'd like to support us with a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI and buy us a coffee, where essentially that coffee goes to Derek as he toils away into the wee hours editing this show. You can also support us by subscribing to the podcast on each Vault or Boys CIA based uh, kind of podcast catcher and sharing with your friends who don't go to Herogasm because they are mm-hmm. no longer with us. Because remember, sharing the podcast is sharing the love sausage. There yes, you go. I was going to say that that's just taken a darker meaning now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this episode. Yeah, definitely has. Let's get on to some feedback, guys. Um, the feedback on episode five uh, from our wonderful fellow listeners. Yes. First up, an email from Teresa Hare who says, 
Love it. This season pushes the boundaries more and more each episode. There is nothing like it on TV. Mm-hmm. Indeed, there isn't, uh, <laughs> Teresa. I want to watch a lot of, uh, of this episode. Yeah, Definitely exactly. I'd <laughs> uh, love to get your thoughts on episode six. Uh-huh. Uh, also, uh, by email, Coffee and Vodka says, Greetings, fellow plot pack defenders. So many scenarios set up, questions answered, and a song and dance number. It's not even my birthday. <laughs> to attempt to cover them all would take as long as the podcast. Suffice it to say, Homelander's possibly restrained action against Maeve was surprising. Loving the hero or heel turns of A-Train, and are we finally in for a showdown we've been waiting for? Mm-hmm. Five super kinks out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Yes. I think we could add that five out of five also to this episode. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. I think so. We did have the um did have the showdown in this episode as well. So uh, yeah. good good one there. Yeah. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Thank you, Coffee and Vodka. Yes, thank you, Coffee and Vodka. We also got an email from William Petrosino who had this to say, Now, I'm giving you all a warning. Mm-hmm. There's some spoilers in the comic books for this. So what we're gonna suggest is you all if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever, skip forward. 30 seconds. And go. Guys, I love listening to you talk about the boys. This is by far my favorite streaming show. I love this episode. And I have a big theory on what's going to happen. In the comic books, Black Noir is and was a clone of Homelander. I think that's what's happening. We will see this season as well. Soldier Boy will kill Homelander and Butcher will think he is safe. But we will see in season four that the real Homelander lives on and he will be pissed. Mm, interesting. Ooh, interesting stuff. Yeah. Yes, thank yeah. you so much, William. We're not going to discuss too much on your feedback here. Mm-hmm. Potentially a really good, interesting theory, but just basically for those joining us back now and who have skipped those 30 seconds, don't want to know the spoiler, um, it's definitely a good theory um, and potentially there. Yeah. Uh, let's see how they play the next two episodes. It's really good. Uh, thanks so much, William, because certainly, yes, we, we just saw Black Noir disappear uh, into the elevator uh, and away he went. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we don't quite know yet, but uh, yeah, good theory. Yeah, interesting yep. theory. I'm not, yeah. They don't always take a lot from the comic books, so um, just other than the main characters, but uh, It'd be interesting to see if they if they bring that to the show. Excellent stuff. Yeah, Thanks, William. Absolutely. Thanks, William. We also have an email in from Jerry who says, Hi, guys. Love listening to your thoughts and impressions about the Mostly Bonkers series. Just listen to your podcast on The Boys Season 3, Episode 5. So wondered if either of you noted Homelander, Anthony Starr's reaction early in the episode to the TV news report on the possible reappearance of Soldier Boy. Although I only watched through once, I got a distinct impression that Homelander showed some fear or anxiety at the mention of Soldier Boy. I have not read the comics or watched the Diabolical series, so I'm unsure if there's any or much overlap between their timelines, reputations in the soup's world. Did any of you get that vibe? Thanks, Jerry. Interestingly, this episode, you really see that fear from Homelander. Yes, definitely. In episode six, yeah. you really see that. So if he had a moment where it played across his face last episode, that's paying off really in this episode. So Yeah, I, I certainly didn't see it in, in episode five, mm. um, but certainly, uh, yeah, you really see it th- this episode. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, Jerry. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks so much, Jerry. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, we also got some feedback. You can head on over there to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries where we have our spoiler-filled commenting uh, posts on each of the episode of 
the boys. Salima Kisler said, Soldier Boy joins the boys in an unholy alliance and is looking very Infinity War Captain America. Mm. I didn't see that coming. Looks like there are a lot of parallels between Soldier Boys and Homelanders' relationships with their respective teams, and the show isn't being subtle about it. Hopefully they don't get a chance to bond before Butcher and Huey execute their plans. I'm still curious as to what exactly happened in Nicaragua. I'm guessing Edgar set the whole thing up. Mm. After Maeve was taken off the board, the other characters were relegated to side plots this episode. That ill-conceived apology plan by Blue Hawk could have gone no other way. Mm. Maybe this will finally wake A-Train up. The legend making his on-screen debut was very entertaining. Paul Reiser was great. He certainly was. Yeah, really liked yeah. His, his version of the legend. Yeah. Definitely. That's the second thing he's been in recently as well, old Paul Reiser. Yes, yes, back in, uh, in Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, so exactly. A good year for Paul Reiser. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yes of he's making the book. Yes, he, he is. He really is. All for juice. Yeah, because he's, yeah. he's mad about acting <laughs> yes he was on the show mad about you um, Yay, a lot, a lot thank of people you. remember his time in uh, aliens where he turned into one of the most hated people yes uh, in sci-fi history so uh so i'm glad he's got something good thanks so much Lynn. yeah thanks so much Lynn. yes thank you so much Lynn. we also have some feedback from heather wallace who had this to say crimson countess or crispy countess wow <laughs> butcher has crossed the line he is never coming back from mm-hmm Will this deal with the devil go as he wants, or will Homelander and Soldier Boy be mirror reflections? Their relationship with their girlfriends, quote-unquote, are the same. Both Maeve and the Countess hated them. I hope Maeve makes it through. She's been so interesting this season and is the closest thing to a hero outside of Annie. I half expected a Maeve Butcher hookup from the moment she was revealed as his source. They had so little to do with each other though, the earlier seasons, so seeing her in his apartment speaks volumes about the alliance they built. Mm. Poor Kimiko, she absolutely thinks Frenchie abandoned her after this kiss. It was definitely their first kiss. They had this little cute little grin at the coffee machine like he couldn't quite believe it. Their romantic when she was hurt, he was calling her my heart so sweet. Right. Yes, the my heart piece was absolutely fantastic to see that. Yeah. And I, I think setting it up as the two of them really kind of being the new Annie Huey uh, love, kind of pinning your kind of hopes and dreams on as mm-hmm. a couple. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, yeah, to the Maeve point, um, I, I wish we'd seen more of her actually so far in this season. And, yeah. be, and I think the, you know, the relationship built from the, the showdown, certainly, um, sort of at the end of season two, but, uh, a bit like as well with coffee and vodka saying, I think, you know, surprisingly that she's been given a reprieve by Homelander to some extent as well, you know, keeping her alive, but, it Homelander is so infused with all these um you know regrets about the people that he hasn't quite made it with mm. you know in a meaningful way again at part of that human side of him that um he he believes or should be cut out like a cancer i guess oh, like yeah. Yeah. in this episode yeah it's interesting is it because i know a couple of characters have kind of said that Maeve's dead but there's no way she's too big a character to kill off screen right so i guess she's She's got to be. Hope so. I, I hope so. Yeah. Like I love Dominic McGilligas as 
Queen Maeve. I think she's great, but there's something on the show where they just like to sideline her. Um, they they seem to take her out of the show. She gets less screen time. I feel like any of the of the soups, she seems to get less time on screen. Um, I, I don't know why that is. And again, this season, uh, the, a great storyline that she has. But she doesn't seem to be on screen as much as everybody else. Yeah. She got a couple of scenes here and there. So uh, so hopefully we'll see more as the as the rest of the season goes on the last couple of episodes. I am wondering if she has other kind of commitments. Uh, and then because she's been jumping between sets, COVID restrictions, she has to... Yeah, maybe. That kind of cuts it. And COVID restrictions now are crazy because they, you have to do two weeks between sets now at a minimum consistently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing now, as well I, I, is... I do think this is the same from season one, though. I think she does feel like the the actor who's got the least screen yes. time. Oh, sorry. That I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the one interesting bit is I'm wondering, there are a, a continued storyline from the comic books that they could be setting up, which if uh, for anyone who knows the, her and like basically we see her being a source here, if anyone looks at the count the parallels of what happens in the comic books and why that could be an interesting storyline where they start to explore and bring it in. Uh, and I've been very vague, so there's no spoilers there. He's so vague. I've read the comic books and I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay, grand. I must read the comic books again. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. Thanks so much for that feedback, Heather. Thank you so much, Heather. Yeah, thank you so much, Heather. Uh, Jamie Lawton over on Facebook also says, Seth Rogen as Sir Comeslot 779 cracked me up. I think this was my favourite episode of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, It does tickle me that the same character who devised an explosive suppository in season one is sitting watching black and white musicals of the 40s with little hearts in their eyes. (laughs) Very good, Frenchie and uh, Kimiko. Yeah, and certainly well, Seth Rogen sort of uh, earns his money. Um, yes, it is. Coming in for a little cameo there. Yeah, yeah really good. Uh like that a lot. Uh, we got some feedback in from Alan Thomas and Matt Murdoch, uh, who corrected me on uh, something I said in last week's po- podcast. Alan Thomas said, uh, last time I piped up to say I thought Derek was right about something, he interpreted it differently from his co-hosts. This time, I think Derek is wrong, and Chris is right. The going for coffee thing struck me as shock and awkwardness associated with the first ever kiss, not a blasé reaction to something they had already done plenty of times before. And over on Twitter, Matt Murdoch said, I agree with Chris and a convinced Derek that Kimiko did not speak. If it were real, wouldn't we have gotten a scene with a doctor that Serge originally left for right before the musical number interlude? You are 100% right, Alan and, uh, and Matt. I'm totally convinced i don't know what happened the first time i watched it i was obviously writing my notes and i looked away at the at the wrong moment because the next time i watched it it was 100 percent clear that uh that was their first time they kissed and referred to in this episode when kimiko thinks that uh that frenchie's left her because because uh, she kissed him for the first time so yeah. um so 100 percent wrong uh, i did pose it as a question because i knew i must have missed something because it felt really weird that she would have spoken for the first time so uh first kiss and and she didn't speak yeah. So excellent. Thanks, Agreed. guys. Thanks, guys. And look out for some merch coming in the future where Chris was right. Mm-hmm. 2022. <laughs> uh, that was the first time and probably the last time. You don't need any more of that merch. No. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't be able to get you out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just write it on a toilet somewhere, Chris. That's fine. That's fine. Yes. Uh, I'll do that myself and, and as well. Loo paper. <laughs> but thank you yeah thank you so much alan and and matt for the comments um we will be back with our i guess 
in-depth chat and possible sort of double, triple entendres for The Boys Season 3, Episode 7 next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are also covering Miss Marvel on Disney Plus as well. And our third and final instalment will be uh, making... Uh, it's a scheduled appearance very soon with Umbrella Academy Season 3 on Netflix as well. So it is jam-packed, uh, is TV Podcast Industries at the moment with all your favourite TV shows. It is, yes. But just like most of our Netflix coverage that we're going to be doing, we don't uh, won't be covering Umbrella Academy on its release. We're covering two other shows at the moment that are coming out weekly. We will cover uh, Umbrella Academy uh, next month, I think, uh, in between the ends of these shows. We just can't take on a third show yeah. at the moment. Um, we have seen a couple of episodes of it. We can say uh, it's really good. Uh, really liking the opening couple of yes. episodes of Umbrella Academy. Really excited to talk about it and talk about the show when, uh, when we have the opportunity to. So watch it. Send in your feedback to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com on the full season or any of the episodes that you watch. And we'll talk about it on the podcast when we have time. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, fellow boys and girls. It's great having the trio back together Mm -hmm. again uh, and discussing everything uh, to do with this most irreverent of shows, The Boys. We'll speak to you again soon. But before that, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep (laughs) hero-gasming. I didn't know what way you were going to end that. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.